0: You are listening to Tales from the Trenches by Nicola Graham, a podcast focusing on all things business change related. Time to hand over to you, Nick. So, hello listeners. This is Tales from the Trenches of change management and I am joined here today with Angela Schaefer. Hello, Angela. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. No worries, no worries. So, listeners, I um, have met Angela as a, a fellow change manager Um, who has an extensive background in helping organisational leaders navigate through the difficult transitions that they may face. So obviously I'm very, very keen to have Angela here today and I'm really grateful that you've agreed to this podcast. Uh, Before we go into any more, I will warn our listeners, I'm in Paris today. Um, I'm working on my B Methodology book over here and so if you hear a lot of background noise, I have the the luxury of the the, the the wonderful Parisian uh, Parisian motor motorbikes zooming past so I apologise for that um, so let's go get, get back to Angela Angela tell us more about your background love to hear that
1: well yes and I was just thinking as you were saying around the background noise just in case you hear my family of course with COVID we're all in the same house so I have busy house with teenagers, so just if you hear something, that's them too. So my background, um, I would say that uh, you know, I've spent uh, most of my career working actually in financial services uh, up until just recently, and in financial services, I focused a lot of my energy in people and culture and ensuring that the experience that every employee feels as they're working in the organization is the most positive experience possible because at the end of the day it's people that
0: allow an organization to be successful absolutely absolutely people do um and and actually uh, I've had uh, I've been speaking to several people uh, just this week and and that you know the word people is really really important because we were having having a conversation about users we don't use the terminology yeah. users it's people people in, people are important That's right. um, <laughs> so before we before we talk more about your career and uh, and obviously your your thoughts on change management as a whole um, I noticed something about the bio that you sent over to me Angela and that was that you are also a fellow sports lady um, so true to my heart golf and running I do love to
1: golf. I am not great at it, and and I do run quite a bit. I have a group of ladies in both situations that I that I either golf with or I run with, and and it keeps me active. But I'm a sports fanatic. Uh, I watch baseball, hockey, you know, soccer, football. I watch it all. I'm with COVID, and all of the NHL and the M. And Major League Baseball all just getting started up. I can't wait to be able to watch them. But for me, sports just allows me to um, to just do something else, you know, clear my mind and really just be able to chat and catch up with my friends as, as I do it. Yeah, I'm very impressed if you can
0: if you can run and chat <laughs> I, I tend to find myself kind of just heaving through that one so it, it
1: helps though the running and chatting at the same time because it just makes the time go you don't even recognize that you've been running for a few kilometers and then and
0: because you're just catching up as you're going along yeah that that, that yeah that's a fair point I didn't think of it mm-hmm. like i um i recently uh, dusted my golf golf clubs off and uh, i must admit i'm terrible um i am that t- typical watch your handicap that'll be me yeah um but actually i've i've been on a few courses now and i've noticed there are a lot of ladies leagues and i find that really encouraging and and, and i and i will always pull this back to kind of um you know women in sports women in 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 the workforce and things like that um but i i, I love seeing the, the ladies leagues around the golf courses you know and the fact that that actually even even though the acronym of golf is actually gentlemen only ladies forbidden, you know, it's, it's almost kind of a yee We're going to take that one from you guys.
1: I did not know that acronym. That is so interesting. In fact, that's how I, so I golfed a lot um, in my late teens. My dad loves to golf. And so it was an opportunity for me to try out the sport. Uh, when I went to university, I couldn't afford it anymore. So I, you know, put my clubs away and, when my kids were a little bit older, I'm like, I'm going to get back into this. And I I joined a ladies league because um, it's there's something around the supportive energy of women getting together after work and, and just going out and being together. And I love that aspect of it. And and I've been doing it now for so many years. and And I met people there that I wouldn't have had an opportunity to meet. And and I love that about it. Oh, that's
0: great. That is great. I, um, I should really look at some leagues. Yeah, so. you should. Uh, <laughs> and you're based in Ottawa, I believe. I am. Right? Ottawa, Ontario, and mm. a beautiful
1: that's place like to it. live. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in southern Ontario, just outside of Stratford, Ontario. and uh, But I came here to go to university. I was actually an exchange student in grade 12 in Belgium and uh, was able to uh, really improve my French when I was there. And then when I went back to uh, Southern Ontario, it's a very Anglophone area of Canada and I didn't want to lose all the French that I lost. So I came here to go to the University of Ottawa, met my now husband
0: and uh, so we stayed. Oh, so is it, it are you are you finding that you have quite a, a shift between speaking French and English over there? So
1: I don't anymore uh, because I work mainly in English now, uh, but Ottawa is a fully bilingual uh, city. Mm. My kids both did French immersion all the way through school. Uh, the benefits of that, my daughter, who is now 19, her summer job, they needed people to uh, to be camp counselors online. She's now mm. doing that in French. Uh, because they needed Mm -hmm. more people who could who could speak in French. So there's such a benefit of working in a a living in a city that embraces so many different uh, cultural differences. And uh, language is one of them.
0: Absolutely. And obviously, having that language will enable them to experience different cultures in so much of a uh, uh, a more uh, pure way of you know of yeah. experience in that says the lady who turns up in in, in Paris and can't even say hello <laughs> so <laughs> and, and and obviously you mentioned cultures there which I think it, uh, will bring me on to my next uh, question with you and that's about your experience in organizational cultures so I I must admit the last um, the last few clients that I've been managing have all been um, um, they've been global companies and obviously with a vast array of different cultures and i find it fascinating so i'm really i'm really inspired to hear what you have to talk about your years of experience through organizational cultures you know tell us a bit more about that if you don't mind
1: yeah so it's interesting um i've the companies that i've worked for have all been canadian-based and not global and so i haven't had the same same level of experience from 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 a culture perspective as it relates to different countries and different ways of working. Um, But I would say that what's drawn me to culture in terms of um, from a workplace perspective, it's really understanding the lens through which people behave, through what they think, what they do, how they act. And some of that comes from, from actual ingrained uh, differences in, in uh, backgrounds or ethnic cultures, but it also comes from experiences from different, the ways of, of thinking by diversity of thoughts that come mm-hmm. to play. And um, so all of those pieces play into crafting what uh, is the culture that an organization needs in order to be able to deliver on the strategy that they've set up and put into place. So it's so fascinating to me. And every organization is different. And I think that my work as a consultant now has really made me understand that better, that, um, that no culture is the same, no corporate culture is the same. But you need to really think about how to define it. Because it's Unless you've got it described and defined, you can't constantly be measuring yourself to ensure that you're doing all the right things to live by those values every day.
0: And how do you think that organisations uh, try to embrace different cultures like that? Because you know, a, a, an organisation can look, and, and I know within my own company, I look at I look at a my ideal of what my culture should be within my own organization but obviously you are then managing lots of different individuals cultures sure. the way they treat people the way they speak to people um the, the their thoughts their values how, how how do how does an organization manage that
1: so it's interesting in that um for me it comes down to the guiding principles that are that are defined and so and i live by that idea of, you know, always guiding principles, really setting the foundation for everything moving forward. And so if you can align on what those guiding principles are, so for example, one organization might have uh, transparency as a guiding principle for how they Mm -hmm. act and behave. But then what's interesting, differences in, in how people think about that and how they believe it, or how they act against it, Um, might come up and might uh, might create different ways of actually enacting that or living the value of transparency. And that's what makes it so interesting, because Mm -hmm. it isn't a one size fits all. It really is about everyone focused on how they can be their best selves to live towards those values or those guiding principles.
0: Yeah okay that's that's very useful actually um to think about it logically more that way mm-hmm. um so thank you for that and you um I, we we're talking obviously we're talking about cultures and the way people are changing and things like that and obviously we are currently faced in we're all facing a very different world of change mm-hmm. um so You you yourself, I believe, have gone through quite an extreme change back in February. I Um, did, yes. Tell us what happened, Angela.
1: At the end of February, actually February 28th was the date I decided uh, to leave the organization I had been working with or working for for 23 years and and decided that I would leave without a job lined up and figure out what was going to be like the next chapter in my life. And uh, I have to admit that that was the scariest thing that I have ever been through. And um, uh, you know, for years, I've been managing <laughs> change and helping organizations through transitions. But uh, this one where I was managing my own transition, it was uh, it was constantly um, a battle, quite honestly. Uh, i I spent several nights, and you can ask my husband, crying you know deeply sobbing around the idea of live uh, leaving an organization that I basically grew up in but more importantly my values were aligned to that organization I had such interesting experiences throughout my time there uh, the people that I worked with they absolutely phenomenal people but at the end of the day I needed to stop and think okay um, I, how much time do I have before I want to retire? And it's quite a few years. Is it now the time to think about doing something different? As hard as this is going to be for me, is it the right time? There was a CEO change at the time. Um, I, the new gentleman coming in, awesome individual. Our values align in the way he thinks about things. But, you know, when change happens, Opportunities present themselves. And uh, I I took the jump, I took the leap off the ledge and um, decided that I would try consulting and seeing what that was like. And it's been really an awesome experience for me. Uh, Being 23 years in the same organization, uh, you get kind of insulated in your view. Not that you're not open to all the things that are happening about it, but you're only seeing it through the lens of that one organization. And all of a sudden, I was looking through different lenses of different organizations and, and seeing, wow, there's so many different things happening out there, organizations who are at different times or levels of their journey. And, and what could I do with all of the that great experience that I have to help those organizations move forward? So it's been it's
0: pretty pretty Awesome. That's incredible. And it's um. I must admit, I've uh, I've just had a little chuckle <laughs> about the fact that you're saying saying that you've you struggled with your own change. You know, yeah. I have the same thing, you know, it's that it's the typical saying of a um, cleaner's house is always is always untidy. <laughs> it's the same yeah. as change managers, exactly. you'd expect yourself to recognise that fear curve yeah. immediately. Right. I'm mean, in this stage. This is how I can get out of that stage. But, you know, you, you do have those moments. But at least uh, at, at least it definitely sounds like you're, you, you, you're very in, in, in a better way now and um, yeah. more positive. So, yeah, I'm so coming you, out so... the
1: other side for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: now, you know, you're now back in the positive stage. I like it. Um, And so I assume you're remote working at the moment.
1: I am. In fact, I've been remote working since uh, 2013. And, um, okay. yeah, so, uh, and I love it. I, if you would have told me, though, before 2013, that I, I call myself a remote working enthusiast. Um, if you would have told me I was going to be that in the future, I would have said, no way. Uh, I loved the routine of going into the office, having my desk that I sat at, knowing where everything was when I sat at that desk. Uh, but uh, the organization I was working for suffered a, head, uh, a fire at the head office. And uh, it required us to be out, displaced from the building, 450 of us. Originally, we thought, you know, a couple of days to clean up the mess, realized pretty quickly that those couple of days were going to lead to months of restoration because every paper clip, every pencil, every piece of paper was covered in toxic soot. It was a, it was a hazardous situation. none of us could go in. And so, um, as an organization, and I'm so proud of our executive leadership team that we had at the time, they paused because what would have been easiest for them to do is say, okay, let's clean this up. Yeah, it's going to take four months, but let's just clean it up and get right back into it. But out of crisis comes opportunity. And uh, that's what we recognized in the moment was this this opportunity that was in front of us. People were starting to to be able to walk their kids to school every day and see the benefits of you know doing yoga in the middle of the day and there were so many benefits that were emerging that we couldn't have understood or realized until it happened to us and uh, so I've been remote working since then um, we uh, you know I would go in and out of the office as I needed to but. I am so much more productive when I can have heads down moments in the office, uh, in my office here at home. In fact, I I shouldn't even call it an office. Um, I like to move around the house as I work. And, you know, some of the day (laughs) I'll spend here. Yeah, I follow the sun. Wherever the sun is, I like to work, including my backyard. (laughs) And uh, I love the fact that you don't have to commute um, yeah. to work, it might mean it wasn't that long. It's a half an hour in car, but it's it's still time. And you mm. get all of that time back. And, and I've become so used to remote working that I don't feel the same that some people are talking about today, some of the challenges with, you know they call it zoom, zoom fatigue, fatigue. and and yeah. um, you know the the constantly being on. Uh, I figured out how to manage through that. And I can absolutely be in the same location of my house and know when I'm working and know when I'm at home. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. So that that immediately makes me kind of go, please give me some tips. Yeah. How do you manage it? Because, you know, obviously th- you've been doing this for some years and uh, most of the <laughs> most of the the rest of the world have been thrown into yeah. this situation february Marchy time and um I, I i am i i still struggle with remote working if i'm honest so you know how how I, I think i think i have two questions for you first of all would be around how would you or what would your advice be to somebody who's perhaps leading a team who are now remote working because obviously I, I find that challenging at times especially when i'm having to do um one-to-ones with them or have yeah. or have a Uh, uh, how are you conversation again I do I I do agree with the zoom fatigue I find that really all of a sudden it feels really impersonal and the other part is managing myself you know how do I you you mentioned that you you're very good at okay I'm at work in my home I'm now relaxing in my home I haven't been able to transition that part so if you've got any tips for me that'd be amazing So talking about the leaders, uh, the
1: thing that I tell, the advice I give all the time is uh, it's focusing on outcomes. There's an expression I use, and and I can say that I use it because I had an amazing uh, previous uh, boss and who became my mentor who who shared this concept with me called freedom in a frame. Okay. So – People, you can unleash so much creativity and productivity if you think about setting the frame for someone and then giving them the freedom within that frame to figure out how to do it. So it's not about uh, seeing somebody in an office every day and knowing that they're there that's going to make them productive. It's about setting those clear outcomes that need to be achieved, being, you know, having good conversation around the expectations around them and then setting them free to deliver Mm -hmm. on those outcomes. And uh, so that's the thing that I talk about with leaders all the time is set that freedom in the frame. Trust your people. People hire. We spend a lot of time and energy hiring very smart, talented people for our organizations. We need to trust that they're going to do the right thing. There is a very small portion of people who who will, um, who will take advantage of the fact that they can't be seen at work. It's such a small one, and they'll be weeded out naturally. Yes. Trust people to deliver on those outcomes and for them to figure out, have the autonomy to figure out how to do it. That's the most important piece of advice I can give to leaders, and it's what I live by with, um, with my teams as well when I had teams. For me personally... It comes down to guilt. So uh, it's, guilt is an amazing thing. So what I, thought, what I found with myself and I hear from many people is during the workday, I have to be glued to my computer because that's me working. Yeah. And you feel guilty if you take a break or go for that walk or clear your mind the biggest benefit that people can have about remote working is to remove that sense of guilt no one is mm-hmm. watching you making sure that you're at the desk in fact if the freedom is in the frame is in place you're you're managing your outcomes and you should be able to figure out how to do it so yeah i started to realize huh i can actually do a workout in the middle of the day I can yeah. go for a walk in the middle of the day. If I don't have the energy in this moment to do what I need to do, I'm going to take a pause and I'll come back to it. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to figure out for me what I need to be able to do to, to uh, resolve that. Uh, once you get past that guilt feeling, it will also allows you at the end of the day set to tell yourself, you know what, it is the end of the workday. I can move away. Yeah, laptop down. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know what? Actually, I think, I think just hearing that uh, resonates with me because I actually do that and I didn't, I didn't realize I'd, I was doing that. Most that's exactly what I'm doing.
1: Most people you know? don't realize it's the guilt yeah. that, that's holding them back
0: yeah yeah and, and and I do feel this kind of oh I, you know especially with some of the technologies that you work with you know you, it, it will show if you're available it will kind of go yellow if you're away or you're not using your laptop and you feel like you need to wiggle your mouse. um but you're but you're absolutely right actually because there are times in the day where I just need to go for that walk or have a have a bit of yoga session or, or even actually you know have a friend around for lunch would be nice from, exactly. you know when we're allowed um
1: yeah.
0: but <laughs> but yeah I, yeah it's um yeah, I think that's just had a light bulb moment for me actually. So well, that's good. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. And um so obviously you mentioned that you're going into consulting. What uh-huh. what kind of areas are you going to focus your consulting on now? Do you have some topic oh, yeah. you know, some specific areas?
1: The cool thing about being a consultant is I get to choose back now, right? And and yeah, so okay. um, what I found, I, I looked back at the span of my career because I've been in operational roles. I worked in technology. I worked in facilities. I worked in, in talent management. And the space that I felt my happiest times were absolutely when I was working in people and culture. So, so focusing on talent management, uh, everything in talent management from, you know, recruitment all the way through to total rewards and, and, um, you know, all learning and development, organization development, all of those places, employee experience. So really ensuring that, that an organization focuses on what the experience of, uh, of an employee should be during their journey with the organization. And then change management, Um, you know, I've been working in change management uh, for many years now. I fell into change management as a result of a big project that my organization was working on. Uh, It took that moment to soak it all in, everything that I could learn about it at the time, Mm -hmm. and And so, you know, those three areas, I would say, you know, people in culture, employee experience, change Mm -hmm. management, that's my happy place to be. And I'm going to continue to to find uh, organizations that I can be able to work with in that capacity.
0: Employee experience. Why? Why? You know, why employee experience? What's what's Uh, the the ambition there?
1: So it's interesting, and and I'll tell you a little story about where I landed with experience in that. And and it does come from a defining moment that happened for me. Mm -hmm. So right out of university, uh, I was able to... be employed by a major bank uh here in canada and i was super excited about joining that organization Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought you know i'm a very loyal person i thought this is this is it i'm going to be a banker for life this is going to be great (laughs) and uh, i started the organization at the organization and a couple months into it um i had a moment uh that was you know sort of a really difficult challenging um, right out of the movies type of moment where masked men did enter the, the building uh, with guns, two of them. And, uh, and we were held up. So in that oh moment, word. yeah, in that moment, they yelled everyone down. And so of course I'm a teller at the time I, I got down following their instructions as you're taught to do. And uh, they, they barged into the, into the place. One, one, one of them jumped the barrier to my left-hand side and came around to me and held a gun to my left shoulder and yanked me up and said, Get up, you idiot. And mm-hmm. as I got up, I looked in front of me across my teller desk, and there was the other man holding the gun to my head. And uh, he, they, the guy to my left said, Give me all your money. And so I did. I cleaned out the money, and he said he stops and he says, "Give me all your hundreds in U.S. as well." So I I gave him my hundreds in U.S. And what you needed to know about the bank was I had to go to a different place for that uh, um, for that money uh, than the traditional till. And so I did. You're instructed to do whatever they tell you to do. I put the money in um, into the bag. I did that. Then they moved over to the other teller and left. They left on foot, never to be found. Um, And then I'm standing there, shaking of what had happened to me. And the assistant brand manager came over to me, and he said to me, "How much did they get?"
0: (laughs) No. Are you okay? (laughs) He didn't. He did
1: not say to me, "Are you okay? What can I do for you? What do you need?" He simply said, how much did they get? I told him how much I estimated that they would have gotten. And I said, and they took my hundreds in U.S. as well. And he said, next words out of his his mouth, you gave them the hundreds in U.S. too? And I said, yes, because they asked for it. Well, he said, they wouldn't have gotten it if you wouldn't have um, just given it to them. They wouldn't have known about it. So uh, I remember at the time that moment thinking, I will never let an employee or another person feel like I felt in that moment. That the experience that I had then was going to stay with me. This is now 25 years later, still stays with me as a defining moment. and. Uh, that assistant because manager, he,
0: said yeah, it,
1: he doesn't, it's right. So I, you know, a lot of people talk about actions speak louder than words and, and actions are super important, but words matter. Yeah. Words matter in those moments that matter. And he completely messed up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I eventually left because the values of that organization based on the actions and words of that man um, le- made me realize I needed to leave the organization. I left a full time job for a four month contract at the organization that I ended up staying at for 23 years. And that oh, wow. organization absolutely had all the the value markers that I was looking for. And um, lining, that? <laughs> that's right. But it's because of that defining moment that I my career has tracked always to people leadership, thinking about the experience, and now uh, has led me to getting to get into a point where I can be helping to shape organizations as I did with my previous employer, shape what that experience should look like, because it's not only about what my expectations are, but it's a combination of my expectations with the expectations of the organization. How can we bring those two together
0: to create the this most amazing employee experience? Well, that's a very moving, moving reason to want to focus on that. And um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I've 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 been in uh, previous employment in my past where something has been said that's made me feel that actually I've gone from a happy place in that organization to I just don't feel comfortable in this place anymore. And it's through somebody's words. Yeah. Um, and it you know, can so and a, a moment can change it. moment yeah absolutely and you know and that that goes into our personal lives as well and uh, and I'm always encouraging my children to be very mindful about the things they say or the way they say things because you can you know you can say those things or, or not necessarily say those things when you should that, that that need to be heard or not need to be heard you know and that can just really change somebody and the way they right. feel about something and and you know obviously I think I think in this in, in this example we're really fortunate that maybe you're the character you are because there are lots of people that would not have been able to handle that you know uh, experience and um, especially the way that somebody spoke to them that way as well yeah. so the organization were probably quite lucky that, you, that, that that it was that it was your characteristics rather than somebody else's um but wow so i i think that's a very humble reason to uh <laughs> to move into consulting actually and a really good reason and and obviously um yeah you'll uh hopefully prevent that from happening many 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 times yeah
1: Absolutely, and and just having the opportunity to um, to talk and share with different organizations and and yeah. help them figure out their path forward, it's a very rewarding opportunity for me. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, I I wish you all the luck with your
1: consulting. thank you. Thank you for that.
0: So I do I do have a, a little bit more advice, um, or or looking for advice from you today, Angela, if you don't mind. I noticed that you have teenagers. Thank you. <laughs> now, um my my eldest actually just turned thirteen yesterday. Oh happy um, birthday to your eldest. Yeah, thank you. Um and yes, I am clearly too young and too immature to have a 13-year-old, but unfortunately I do. But I'm I am I don't know why. I was actually just on the on, on a phone call to my brother and and the first things that come out of my mouth were I'm terrified. <laughs> I don't know, I'm absolutely terrified. I'm a single mom to two boys that get into teenage years teenagers how do i manage a teenager what what's your what would be your, your you know your your tips for me yeah so i do have two
1: teenagers one is 19 so she's an adult now and and the other one is uh, uh just uh turned 17 so um you know it's so interesting how every stage brings its own challenges of course and uh-huh. teenagers teenage years are are among some of the the most challenging and i would say the biggest thing that um, I, I wish I would have, you know, looking back when my kids just entered the teenage years, uh, that I wish I would have done differently uh, was not being so prescriptive around my views and the way I would do things and really letting them more explore what their own. As a parent, you want to protect them, right? You you know, at work, my experience, I'm, I'm sharing my experience all the time to help people through that, but those teenage years is really about exploration and understanding what your limits are. And, uh, you know, as I say this, I hear my daughter, which is the eldest, 19, you know, a few times she said, like, Mom, I just heard you say that three times to me. I don't need to hear it anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And uh, I remember one moment with her um, in grade nine and 10, uh, she, she I didn't feel like she was studying enough, right? And her dad and I, both of us, we, we didn't feel like uh, she was studying enough. And she said to me, Mom, I go to school because I enjoy what I learn. The grades that come with it, they don't matter to me as much as they matter to you. I just want to enjoy the learning. Wow! And first of all, how brave of her to, to yeah. share that with me. And I, I remember in the moment having gracious. to step back and say, OK, maybe I am imposing my views because, of course, I was all about and and my husband, Jared, was all about the grades in, in in high school. What was interesting, though, is when she told me that I took a step back because it allowed her then to discover that she did eventually did very much care about it because she was thinking about what her next step was going to be figuring out for herself, what it was going to take to get to that. And, um, and, and so, and she ended up being, uh, you know, quite a scholar once she graduated uh, as she graduated high school, but it's about those moments that you have to figure out, okay, I'm no longer the person at work where I'm either directing or guiding or coaching, um, I am really the cheerleader with my parents, with my children.
0: And it's quite a different role. Cheerleader. thats uh, You can probably see me thinking about that one, actually. I think, yeah, it's... Huh. Yeah. It, it, it's challenging because you yeah. do have that kind of, come on, you know, you've, you know, this is, yeah. this is the, this, when I had, you know, when I had you as a little baby, I kind of envisioned this person and. Exactly. You, but you're right. They, you know, they need, they need to, they need to do it by themselves. Don't they? Yeah. they need to learn, you know, make their own mistakes. That's right. So cliche, but true. Yeah.
1: And make, but, their, okay. make their mistakes in a safe environment where you are there to support them. And, and then. back. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the journey that that you're sharing with them, is creating this safe place for them to make mistakes and, and to celebrate the learnings that come from those, as well as all the successes they'll have. Yeah,
0: that's a nice way to put it. Oh, thank you very much for that. Well, I um, I think that's probably all we've got time for today. Um, I found this such a such a um a really interesting conversation, and it's been a real pleasure to to get to know you better. Um, so thank thank you. you. Thank you ever so much for your time today, Angela. And um, I very much hope that we can keep in contact and continue to uh, to see where your career ends up. And Uh, and and talk more change management together
1: (laughs) absolutely I will let you know as my journey progresses
0: yeah please do please do and uh, uh, I'm really tough that you've found you know found found your feet after such a fearful transition that you've had to go through so thank you as much listeners for listening today if you would like to reach out to Angela in any way you can actually contact her on LinkedIn and I'll be putting that bio in uh, all the details into the bio today so feel free to to grab that from our bio so we hope that you've enjoyed today's uh, podcast listening and we look forward to the next one